Welcome to Radio Utopistan, to our dinner table, playground and community. To the radio that interconnects visionary people and bold ideas from around the world. My name is Elisabeth Weidt, I'm a journalist reporting on topics like natural resources or radicalism. On Radio Utopistan we want to talk to people that shine a more hopeful light on those topics. People with utopias. And since last episode, yeah, it's been a while, we were weaving on our very own utopia, forming a team and a structure for our little radio. For some political hope, if that's not too megalomaniac these days. If you want to know more about that, follow us on patreon.com. There you can also support us. And today, we meet Melinda Yankee in Guyana. I would like to stop the oil. I think the oil needs to stop now for the sake of Guyana, for the sake of the Caribbean, actually for the sake of the entire planet. And for the sake of some frogs. And we talk to the World Bank, at least via email. And we learn how a very poor country wants to become very, very rich. We also learn how a lady with four rescued street dogs picked a fight with her government, with the World Bank and with one of the biggest oil companies in the world. And we learn how to stay hopeful when everything seems to be going to the gutter. We have to face these things. If we don't read the science and if we don't deal with reality, then all we're doing is rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Melinda Yankee, 58 years old, a lawyer and an environmental activist in Guyana, South America. Her utopia? The oil off the coast of her country shall not be exploited. Guyana is a carbon sink, and we're turning a carbon sink into a carbon bomb when the whole world is going in the opposite direction. And it's complete madness to be doing this when we already have the existential threat of climate change. I came across Belinda and the oil of Guyana while doing a research last year on the World Bank and fossil fuels. In 2017, the World Bank had said it will no longer fund upstream oil and gas after 2019 because of the climate crisis, of course. And we had some evidence that this was not quite the case. A team of NDR and Süddeutsche Zeitung in Germany, Deutsche Welle in Nigeria, Journal Verdad in Mozambique and ICIJ in Washington was gathering information on how the World Bank was still investing, somehow, in fossil fuels. I was working on the case of Guyana. Unfortunately, not on the ground, but on the phone or by meeting people in Germany. So I called up Melinda again this summer. We spoke for an hour on the phone and she later sent me some more voice messages. We shouldn't even think about taking this oil out of the ground. We should not even think about burning it. Because this will destroy the chance to meet the Paris Agreement objectives. First, Guyana. To be honest, before my research, I did not know anything about that country. On YouTube, it's presenting itself as a green haven, a massive jungle with very diverse wildlife. Just a green, green paradise. 80% is covered by forest, rainforest mostly. 
There are some 780,000 people living in Guyana. It's a former British colony and the only country in all South America where English is the official language. Guyana is part of the Caribbean region and has a huge and somewhat disturbing neighbor, Venezuela, a country that is about to decline into total chaos because or despite of all the oil that was found there, depending on who you ask, because or despite. Venezuela is in big despair and recession. 80% of its people are considered poor and some 5 million people left Venezuela since 2014. And Melinda is sure it is because of all the oil. And she is also sure something horrible will happen to Guyana too. When I heard that oil had been discovered off the coast of Guyana, I felt terrible. I thought, this is the worst thing that could happen to us. People talk about oil making a country rich, but there's an oil curse. Yes, a few people get rich, but everybody else gets poorer, and the oil money destroys democracy. Guyana has absolutely no idea what oil means for a developing country. She remembers it as a really awful moment in her life, five years ago. She was in her house in Guyana's capital, Georgetown, and read it in the newspaper. One of the biggest oil discoveries in recent years. Melinda doesn't have a TV or radio, but four dogs she rescued from the street. You can hear them in the interview sometimes. Oil is bad enough, but I felt even worse, because this is ExxonMobil in Guyana. ExxonMobil has been destroying the environment for decades. ExxonMobil has been denying climate change. This is not a good company to do business with. And in fact, Guyana's petroleum deal with Exxon and its partners is really exploitative and puts all the risk on Guyana. Melinda decides to fight. And, you know, people say, oh, it's a poor country. It's not a poor country. It's very rich in natural resources. And, of course, it has clean water, clean air, very rich biodiversity, rich fisheries. So everything that is life on Earth, that's what we have. And in, in many ways, this is utopia already. Melinda was born into a family with Indian heritage. Some 40% of Guyanese people have Indian roots. Their forefathers were brought to the country during Commonwealth times as cheap labor. And 30% in Guyana are of African descent. They were brought as slaves. When Melinda was a child, her family left the country. She went to school in England, lived in Zambia and Trinidad. Her stepfather was an engineer, so they traveled a lot. And yes, definitely as an engineer, that was what he was doing was very destructive. I, I grew up um, in, in Zambia. We, we lived in a small area um, that was really there because of, the, at the time, the largest open pit in the world. So I can leave you to imagine how awful that was. And yet, yeah. just a short walk away, the most beautiful mm -hmm. nature the trees, the savannas, the river. So 
Yes, a real contrast to me. And your stepfather was working in that pit? He was he was working as an engineer for that for the company. Okay, so I can imagine there were some fights. So how was that? I think one learns very early on not to engage in pointless family arguments. <laughs> and now Melinda engages in much riskier arguments with her government, with the World Bank, and with one of the biggest oil companies in the world. We can't afford to have a well blowout or a tanker accident. That would just devastate the ocean. And this is a really special part of the planet. It's the Amazonian Orinoco influence zone, and it has rare and endangered whales, marine turtles. Uh, it's just an incredible bit of the planet. And all of this is under threat because ExxonMobil needs to get oil in order to keep going. This is one of the biggest finds of modern times. Burning that would have a devastating impact on the planet and it just cannot be allowed to happen. There are about 13 billion barrels of oil and gas resources off the coast of Guyana and neighboring Suriname. It's the largest crude oil discovery in recent years. ExxonMobil expects to exploit about 750,000 barrels every day, more than the daily production of all India. But the oil lies about 200 kilometers off the coast of Guyana and in a water depth of some 1,500 meters. It's highly complex and highly risky to take it out. And just the recent oil tanker accident close to Mauritius shows how destructive oil spills can be. ExxonMobil didn't answer any of my questions, but told a local newspaper in Guyana that, quote, protection of the environment is of utmost importance to ExxonMobil Guyana and our workforce, unquote. Also, they have some quite nice videos online. Guyana is on the move. With 13 new energy discoveries offshore and entrepreneurial energy onshore, people are embracing unprecedented opportunities and tackling fresh challenges today, tomorrow and beyond. Across Guyana, new opportunities are transforming the country in small and big ways. And that's a win for its people. Melinda doesn't believe them and sued her government for making a deal with Exxon. She accuses the minister who signed the deal of lacking legal authority to grant a petroleum production license to the three companies, to American Exxon Exxon, American Hess, and Chinese Sinoc Nexon, because only one of them has an environmental permit. I enjoy the work. I, I don't want to be sitting at the desk. Maybe like when I get older, but <laughs> not now. I want to be up and about. I don't mind greasing my fingers. Well, it, it took a lot of courage to get To get to that stage, people are very nervous of going to court to stop um, the government from doing something. We don't have a tradition of very strong judicial review in Guyana. This is very new, quite new for the courts. Um, and the oil sector is also a huge thing to, to take on. But um, we felt that this was the right thing to do. And it has really woken people up to the threats that oil poses to Ghana. It's helped to change the people's understanding. That's a very good thing to do as well. The case then was dismissed after one year in court, this February. 
And within 48 hours, Melinda filed an appeal and is now waiting for the Court of Appeal to make a decision. But not only Melinda is taking legal action against the oil exploitation. Also the Environmental Protection Agency of Guyana, the EPA. They want to take Exxon and its partners to court because they didn't pay their fines for minor spills of hydraulic fluid. At least that's what EPA's director Adams told a local newspaper. And then, just some days later, end of August, Adams, the director of this environmental agency, he was sent on leave by his government. And Melinda and her colleagues, they sued the EPA for granting the permits to Exxon and its partners in the first place. They say it's against Guyana's laws. If you want to dive deeper into all these jurisdictions and the rumors around them, all the links are in the show notes again. And when we look at this deal... It's so dangerous. Guyana is not able to deal with Exxon. The Environmental Protection Agency doesn't have the people, it doesn't have the equipment, it doesn't have the technology to protect Guyana from Exxon. Exxon is drilling very, very deep under the seabed. And that's very, very dangerous. It's not just about the climate. We also have to protect the oceans. Apart from ExxonMobil and her government, Melinda picked herself another enemy, the World Bank, a billion-dollar institution within the United Nations system, a development bank with the, quote, mission to end extreme poverty and promote shared prosperity, as it states on their website. In 2017, they said, they will no longer fund upstream oil and gas because of the climate crisis. But then, in March 2019, they gave a $20 million loan to Guyana. It's called... The Guyana Petroleum Resources Governance and Management Project. The objective is to support the enhancement of legal and institutional frameworks and the strengthening of the capacity of key institutions to manage the oil and gas sector in Guyana. And there had been another loan. 35 million dollars in 2018 by the World Bank. To support Guyana's efforts to strengthen financial sector development and fiscal management to better prepare the country to benefit from its newly discovered oil and gas reserves and transform its oil wealth into human capital. Look more closely. The World Bank is not a benevolent institution. It is not a neutral technical entity. It is a neo-colonial body. It is an international organization set up by treaty under international law. Where did international law come from? From the conflict between colonizing European powers and the colonized. Developed countries always take developing countries' resources as cheaply as possible. That's why developed countries are rich and developing countries remain poor. The World Bank did reply to my questions. Not to all of them, but at least they wrote this email here. Hi Elizabeth, thanks for your patience. Here's a statement in response to your query. The World Bank has a long-standing engagement in Guyana, and is currently financing countries' investment priorities in the areas of education, flood risk management and the financial sector, with a focus on the most vulnerable populations in the Guyana. 
These projects support an overall engagement strategy that aims to contribute to Guyana's efforts to enhance resilience to natural disasters, improve the quality of education and skills, and support private sector development initiatives, particularly by focusing on improving the business environment and financial sector development, all identified as priorities through broad-based consultations. Regarding the oil and gas sector, the World Bank is providing purely technical assistance, TA, under the Guyana Petroleum Resources Governance and Management Project. The World Bank is not financing oil and gas extraction, production or development in Guyana. Support through the TA project is aligned with the World Bank's 2017 One Planet Summit announcement. As per this announcement, the World Bank Group has not financed upstream oil and gas anywhere since end 2019, but continues to provide technical assistance that helps client countries like Guyana strengthen the transparency, governance, institutional capacity and regulatory environment for the energy sector, including oil and gas. In addition to these areas, the Guyana project also seeks to build the capacity of the Environmental Protection Agency to minimize environmental, social and climate impacts. Best? Name. Communications Officer, World Bank Group. So, the World Bank is providing purely technical assistance, they say. Meaning... They give advice on how to change the legal and institutional frameworks to manage the oil and gas sector, as it also says in their project description on their website. Before this World Bank involvement, Guyana had promised itself to run on 100% renewable energy by 2025. Guyana is a carbon sink, so we've been taking greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere. We're one of the few carbon sinks on the planet And the Earth really, really needs more carbon sinks. Now, with the oil, ExxonMobil is going to turn Guyana into a carbon bomb. And then there are also various corruption allegations involved in this deal between ExxonMobil, Guyana government and the World Bank. In 2016, for example, ExxonMobil paid a signing fee of $18 million to the Guyanese minister who signed the deal. This wasn't disclosed over several months. And then this deal means Guyana will take 52% of all the revenues from oil, while Exxon and its partners will take the remainder. Whereas a typical take for oil licensing deals is around 65 to 85%. So 52% in Guyana compared to an average of 70% in the world. When we saw the contract, we realized that this is a terrible, rotten deal that will not make Guyana rich. Transparency Institute Guyana Inc., they described this deal with ExxonMobil and they said this is either grand corruption or grand incompetence. Even the IMF has criticized this deal, that's how bad it is. But I think now most people realize that oil is not going to get Guyana rich. Most people are seeing now what a bad thing it is for Guyana to have ExxonMobil here taking out the oil. Oil is already destroying the environment. Really, the Guyanese people are climate heroes 
because our country is a carbon sink. We don't want to destroy the environment. As we all know, there's not that much time left to do something about the climate crisis. And to prevent this crisis of a two-degree warmer planet. Even more of what this two-degree warmer planet means to us. To our food supply, our water supply, for coastal cities, for whole societies looking for food and new places to live. And of course for nature. Just two facts to illustrate this. And of course I know it's only estimations and calculations on something no human being can make a 100% bulletproof prediction. But it helps to understand the urgency, maybe. The scientific community is telling us, for example, that now, summer 2020, we have, depending who you ask, seven to 11 years left to transform our energy system away from fossil fuels to renewable energy, to reach the Paris Agreement of 1.5 degrees. So some 10 years left to transform our energy system. This is also the reason why the World Bank said it wants to step out of oil. And then the second fact, just last year, 2019, we again produced more, not less, carbon dioxide than the years before. In five years' time, I hope that things will be very, very different. I hope that the oil production will be shut down. It's just too dangerous. Exxon are drilling two miles below the seabed, where the ocean is already a mile deep, and the pressures are immense. If there's any kind of well blowout, that could devastate the Caribbean Sea. And the world is changing. Just recently, in August 2020, ExxonMobil was dropped from Dow Jones Stock Index as its longest tenured member after 92 years. And then just a few days later, Storbrand, which is a major investment company in Norway, dumped ExxonMobil stock. So Exxon's financial situation is getting less and less comfortable. The markets are on our side. Exxon just posted the worst ever loss in history. So the markets are sending a very clear message. Exxon's share price is falling. Their market capitalization is falling. Some of their debt is from Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank is lending ExxonMobil a lot of money. The fossil fuel sector, it's, a, it's in slow motion collapse. Fossil fuels are the worst performing sector. Renewables are outperforming fossil fuels. The markets are against what ExxonMobil is doing. And also Melinda sometimes has to worry about money, she says. Um, well, this work is not well paid. I mean, I, I think the thing to do is not worry about the money, but to just do what's right, and then things sort of fall into place in the right way. What's giving her hope, for example, is the poet Rumi. So there's a wonderful quote from Rumi, the poet. You're not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. And nature. I go back into nature. The most wonderful healing thing on the planet is actually nature. It's the trees 
the birds, the water, the sound of the thunder, the lightning. It's nature in all her power and majesty that heals us and makes us remember how connected we are to the earth. So this were the Frogs of Guyana and Melinda Yankee with their utopia. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about their story, look on our Instagram and in the show notes. There are some more pictures and more links. And if you want to support Melinda's utopia? Oh, I think people could tweet a message from this show or go on social media and support the campaign. The campaign is a fair deal for Guyana, a fair deal for the planet. Or maybe you have an answer to her recurring question. Then you can write to us or to her. Why do people measure everything or measure so much in money? When you can't eat money, you can't drink money, you can't breathe money, and money cannot love you. And my name is Elisabeth Weid. Thank you on behalf of all the team of Radio Topistan. Some names here. Music, Robert Pilgram. Illustration, Christina Anas. Producer, Anushka Eckert. Proofreading and fact-checking, fantastic Fanny Fatscher, West Africa correspondent for Deutsche Welle, who was part of the fossil fuel research last year and just recently did a report on how the drop of the oil price there is affecting Nigeria's economy. Check out her Instagram as well. And there you can always find enlightening stories. World Bank's voice was Julian Greis, an actor at Thalia Theatre in Hamburg. Everybody will be linked in the show notes. And if you want to support our work and Radio Topistan, follow us on Patreon and leave a contribution. There we will also give you some insights and behind the scenes very soon to come. I'll say goodbye and leave you with some Guyana rain, a bird and Melinda. If on the 1st of August 2020 anybody can get out of bed and say we are taking oil out of the ground and this is a good thing, that person has to be mad because that is completely contrary to all of the evidence. <laughs>